0: Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Dreaming of and planning travel in the 21st century continues to evolve, but there has been no greater change, perhaps, than the growth of traveler-curated content from blogs and user reviews on popular travel websites and forums to Instagram and YouTube travelers no longer rely entirely on travel publications or word of mouth to discover or design their next holiday. Perhaps the pinnacle of this evolution is the traveler literally making their way around the world by creating inspiring travel content to share with others and earning money in the process. Today, we'll chat with one such traveler to learn what life as a travel content curator and influencer on YouTube and Instagram is all about. I'm Trevor Ranges in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, and with me again is Scott Coates. How you doing, Scott?
1: I'm in Bangkok as usual. It seems this is where I'm usually based. My mic is too heavy to take on the road, but... Yeah, I'm quite keen about this episode. You found our guest, Joel Friend. And, you know, I've known a few travel bloggers or influencers or whatever you're going to call them over the years, but we've never actually spoken with one. We had Dave and Deb from the Planet D on like year one of this podcast or something, but we've never really approached the what's it like or take to be a travel influencer or documenter. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what we're going to get in this episode
0: yeah you know i i use some youtube channels to prep for episodes sometimes like we did the turkmenistan episode and i'm like gee i don't even know what kind of questions we should ask so i watched a youtube channel <laughs> about some guy who traveled to turkmenistan and i was like oh you know this guy's pretty interesting and uh, i thought maybe we could have someone like him on the show you know at the same time i was like it seems like you know everybody wants to be a travel influencer all these people instagramming themselves it seems like you know since the kardashians like it's it's so many people's dream to just get paid to take photos of of their travels and themselves while they're traveling so i think influencers have gotten a bad rap in the travel industry and you know joel he he has got you know maybe thirty thousand or so followers so maybe he's on his way up and he's still, you know, humble. He's got his roots uh, to hang on to. So I'm hoping he's he's not uh, he's not the influencer who's getting the bad rap, and he's one of the one of the good ones.
1: Yeah, I guess me too. I'm sort of on the fence about all this. In theory, I guess these travel bloggers, influencers—I'm not sure what we're going to call them—we'll find out—tend to show you. I'm guessing the hits, but there's got to be so many, only so many of those, and then they start to repeat themselves. So how do you stay fresh? and unique and and there's not a ton of time to go to like 10 places and then only show some good ones i'm sure they have to go in places ready to go which means they can't probably be deep deep experts which is what i traditionally used to you know place a lot of weight on those travel books and and travel guides that i used to buy so i'm kind of interested like where does the balance of you know truth and how it is and, and are you getting any expertise But I got to say, probably, you know, there's also a wee bit of jealousy. Like when I think that it seems not long ago that I was, you know, Joel's age, early 20s, could go out and travel without a care in the world and stuff. Like there's a little bit of it that I'm probably jealous about and I don't want to admit. But, yeah, I I think it's going to be neat to hear how it really goes down and learn from Joel about this.
0: Yeah. You know, again, it it is a different World in many ways, like I, I traveled with a Super Eight camera when I traveled, and I'm not that old. I mean, it was my parents' camera, but uh, I still had to wait like six months after I got home to even get the film developed to see what it looked like, right? And then the only way to show it is if somebody came over right. to my house and I put it on a projector. There wasn't like I'm getting followers for that, you know? So I don't know. Again, I guess there's two different things: like people who want to get followers to to to, to bolster their themselves, or the people who are like wow like this is such a beautiful place and they want to capture like the most beautiful photos because because again like as travel writers who we've had on the show you know you really love the place that you you go to and you learn about and you research it and then we know travel photographers as well who you know aren't like influencers or or youtubers but like it's a skill and in order to take beautiful photos of a destination you really have to like have patience and and explore and you know like really get comfortable with the people who you're taking photos with so that they feel comfortable with you and uh i wonder how that works with the you know with a with a mobile phone nowadays it, it, unless it's like a gopro or you know i mean if you're walking around with a gopro on your head like uh, you know, you're probably gonna scare, <laughs> scare a few people away too i don't know
1: yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the blanks being filled in just before we get there. Uh, like we promote on every episode, you know, Trevor and I shell out of our own pockets to keep this thing going. But there are some people, some good people who love the travel talk so much they become patrons. They click donate on our website or they search for us on patreon.com you could do so as well. And for doing so, you'll get a warm, fuzzy feeling in your heart that you keep this going. But also, in between each of the regular episodes, we share things like videos, patron-only podcasts, photos, etc. So get on that. And on the Getting On It theme, let's
0: bring in Joel. Filmmaker, adventurer, photographer. Joel, friend, is a 23-year-old British man who lives for travel and, most importantly, a good time in whatever he does, according to Joel. Joel is capturing it all on camera and making up for lost time now that international borders have opened and joins us today from Milton Keynes in the UK. How are you doing today, Joel?
2: Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. How are you?
0: Great. Um, Thanks for agreeing to come on the show. You know, we haven't done an episode like this before. And, uh, you know, you you had the opportunity to travel in our backyard recently. So I thought uh, maybe you'd be a good guest to talk about both being a travel content creator, influencer, YouTuber, whatever, we're going to find out you'd like to call yourself and a recent visitor to Asia. So you can kind of speak on some of the cool things that have been going on here. So yeah, your Instagram page says that you're a content creator and social media influencer, but how do you define your career or job? If someone asks, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you How do you summarize that?
2: Yeah, I have this, I, honestly, I have this conversation a lot and everyone's like, are you an influencer, content creator? i personally like to refer to myself to um, a content creator because I feel like I I first was a photographer and liked to shoot photos and videos and then I kind of build up an audience. So originally I'd say yeah I'm a content creator but then I do have I'm officially an influencer if you want to call it as well.
1: So Joel I mean you're a young guy how long have you been building this career and how did you end up transitioning from a traveler who took photos and videos as a hobby to kind of zoning in on this as a career?
2: Yeah, so when I was 18, I kind of took the plunge and was, and was like, before I go to university, I just want to go out and travel like a lot of people do in the UK and Germany, go on a gap year. And so I kind of went for that. I flew to Australia for six months, worked there, you know, the kind of the classic gap year thing to do. And then I flew to Southeast Asia and I ended up spending like seven months there and started to really get into into photography and making videos. And whilst I was there, I met a lot of other photographers and um, people doing content um, creation. And so I started to build a fan base. And then over time, it's even in really the last two years, it's really kind of become my full-time job. And so now I'm lucky enough to travel and earn money whilst I travel, which is amazing. Yeah.
0: Okay, so it sort of happened organically, I guess, right? You just had a passion for something, you had the opportunity to do it, you started posting photos, and then people sort of started following, which is kind of uh, the the way these things might happen. Do you have like a goal for it now? Or is is this going to be like uh, something you're going to focus on for the future?
2: Yeah, so I think I always had an idea in my head, this is what I wanted to do. But you know, you always think it's so far off and you you're not sure if it's possible but and um, I think I realized maybe a couple of years ago I was like well, actually this this can actually become my job now like if I just you know keep working but treat it like a real job it can become something and so yeah now I'd say you know it, it's my full-time job and I just want to keep on growing keep on sharing my travels with A lot of people and try and inspire people to travel as well, because obviously I've had an amazing time. I just want others to see the world and see Asia as it is my favorite part of the world.
1: So, Joel, I'm wondering, how do you go about actually getting a sizable number of followers on all these platforms? And and what is sort of critical mass that you have to hit to be able to potentially make a career out of it?
2: yeah there's always this discussion like oh how many followers do you you need but there's not a pre- like there's not a precise number way like this is gonna this is it you've made it on youtube it really depends on your views so if you get a certain amount of views then it's going to become you know give you money every day from ads which google put on your videos um but there's no precise number but if you're getting over 10 if you've got over about 10,000 subscribers, it's definitely, you know, it really is a chance to, you know, become a full-time income. And, yeah, there's lots of different revenues, I think, you have to concentrate on, not just specifically YouTube, but, you know, try and leverage a different revenue incomes.
0: Huh. Yeah, because that's what I'm curious about. Like, So, number one, I guess... Like, you know, how do people find your stuff? And then you need to cross-pollinate your things. So, I mean, I guess ultimately it comes down to creating good content. Um, So, like, what what was that first trip that you did? Maybe it was here in Asia where people really reacted to what you were putting up online.
2: Really, when I really started to blow up was actually on, you know, the new app TikTok. So, back in lockdown. And I started posting all a lot of my content from Asia and basically sharing what I'd done when I was 18 and just gone and traveled and just spent like all my money that I'd saved up in Australia and back home. And that kind of really captured people and thinking, oh, wait, I could do this. And so I kind of built it up on TikTok and then I started to really push my YouTube and, and that's kind of where it expanded as well.
1: Wow, so TikTok, you're the first person that's really said this about travel and I wouldn't have figured it mm. uh, would start on TikTok. I guess it's showing my age a bit. So you already told us you first went to Asia at the end of that one year gap year trip. What was your first trip to Asia where you went, you know, intently as a content creator? Where did you go and what was it like?
2: So I'd actually say it was the start of this year. So in February, um me and my girlfriend flew to Thailand and I kind of had a plan like I was going to Asia. I'd been before. I kind of knew what I needed to do to really, you know, take it to the next level. And so I basically posted twice a week. We went to started off in Thailand for two months. Then we flew to the Philippines for a month, which was insane. And then we went to Singapore, um, Kuala Lumpur, and then flew to Indonesia for two months, and then back to the UK
0: okay well what i'm what i'm really curious about is like you know i've seen some like youtube reaction channels and like for movies and they all like do the same movie you know so i'm thinking like if you're treating this like a job like when you came to thailand where you're like okay day one we're gonna go to the grand palace and day two we're gonna go to like a floating market and you kind of like plan all the the day trip experiences that you expect everybody's going to want to see or like that Philippines trip? Mm. Are you picking like, let's go to the craziest, most beautiful place and kind of venture a bit and and be more spontaneous with your production? Is it more planned out or spontaneous or or a little bit of both? I
2: think I think it is both. So there was certain things I was like, I I want to do that. And I feel like I've done research on YouTube and kind of looked at what kind of videos do well, what people are looking to see. And so one of them was like the full moon party. Mm. I was like, I've never done it. I want to do it, and I want to record it because it's something a lot of gap year students, a lot of people want to do. It's on their bucket list. So that was one of the things I really wanted to do. Um, obviously, you know the classic go to Maya Bay, like one of the most beautiful beaches, and also just going to Maya Bay after lockdown, and we were pretty much the only people on the beach, which which was just insane. And th- but then as we went to the Philippines as I was gaining more subscribers, I was like, okay, I need to plan here. I want to be more productive with, you know, on my videos. And so in the Philippines, I was, I kind of planned exactly kind of what videos I was going to do. And yeah, so I, it was much more structured as I kind of progressed.
1: Well, it's almost like you can see our questions, Joel, because the next one really was about how somebody in your position plans your trips. Cause when Trevor and I started traveling, it was all about the guidebook, right? Having mm-hmm. that paper book in hand, so we're wondering, when you plan these trips, are you using Instagram? Are you watching other YouTube videos? Like how do you go about making your plan?
2: Yeah, so it, it's pretty much all social media. So from social media, I find where's where's like the hot new place to go, you know? You know, almost like Bali 10 years ago. So that is kind of like the Philippines. And there was a specific area in the Philippines called Balabac, And I'd seen that a few like content creators were going there. And I was like, That literally looks like the Maldives, but it's so remote, hardly any people are going there. And so basically I planned to go there um, and the videos did insanely well just because it wasn't documented yet. And so it's kind of finding different spots which aren't really well documented yet and going for them and trying to show people what it's like.
0: Yeah, you know, because I don't know if you know, I spent many years as a travel writer and sometimes as a travel writer you don't experience the place the same way as someone on vacation would, you know, like what's it like for you, like having to, you have to bring cameras or, you know, use a GoPro, but like if you're constantly thinking about like how you're going to shoot things or how you're going to film things, does that kind of take away from the travel experience for you? Or how do you find that fine line between trying to capture the beauty of some place and actually appreciate it too?
2: Yeah, I think that is a hard line to kind of find because A lot of the time I'm constantly thinking, oh, would this make a good video? Oh, this would look good on Instagram. But um, kind of finding that balance where, you know, sometimes me and my girlfriend will be like, okay, tonight we're not going to touch our phones. We're not going to, like, shoot any camera um, with our cameras. We're going to put them aside and we're just going to enjoy the moment. I think that's really important because you can get carried away filming everything, shooting everything. But I think it's really important. At the end of the day, I'm doing it as my job but also for fun and enjoying it so i think it's finding that balance is quite important
1: so i've watched a few of your videos and in fact this morning i watched the balabak one and i thought that was really quite intriguing i studied tv news as a young man and i know the time involved in planning shots is quite a bit so i'm wondering can you tell us the kind of time it takes for you to make that beautiful seemingly spontaneous on the fly video like what's the time involved in making that happen
2: so I made two videos in Balabac over three days. And so basically when, when you might be relaxing on the beach, I'm there flying my drone, shooting um, videos of my girlfriend. She's shooting videos of me. And so, but that's what we really enjoy doing. So it's not like, you know, we could be relaxing on a beach, but we've got to do this, we really enjoy capturing moments and sharing them. So it does take like, if you're on a guided tour, it takes all that time. And luckily, because we're in a private one, we could be like, we need more time. Can we just shoot a couple of more shots?
0: I have another question about, like you mentioned the full moon party earlier. So, and I have, I've watched some of your videos as well. And, and, you know, everything always looks amazing and beautiful and, and all that. And I know that like occasionally as a travel writer, you can present something as nicer or less nice than it actually is depending on your framing you know you can always like there's never plastic bottles on the beach in any of of your photos or mine you know if we're doing our jobs correctly at the same time you want to be like honest so like any warts in any of your coverage like from the full moon party any downsides or you just want to show like the 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 good side
2: in terms of full moon party we went to the beach and before the sun went down and we were amazed how clean and how white this actual beach is. It's a beautiful beach. And it almost feels like they've ruined it with the uh, full moon party. But I mean, whilst you're there, you don't really see much rubbish. But um, in terms of as a collective, I always try and show more on my Instagram stories what it's really like. So I'm like, and when we're in Bali, it was like, you see all these lovely places, but people don't show you the trash. Mm. And I was trying to show people on Instagram on my stories like this is actually what it's like there's trash everywhere and people aren't picking it up and not they don't always collect the rubbish and trying to actually show people what it's really like and even things like food poisoning and stuff like that where people don't really want to show off that they've got food poisoning but bringing it back to reality and showing that all not all moments are amazing and beautiful is I think it's really important just to you know show people what it's really like.
1: Can you run us through the equipment you're traveling with and using on the road, Joel?
2: Yeah, sure. So I've got a Sony a7 III, so it's a big um, mirrorless camera, full frame. And then I've got a wide-angle lens, a, a big zoom lens, which is a 100-400mm, and then an intermediate 28mm to 75mm. I then have a backup camera, um, which is a bit smaller, just in case my big camera breaks. I've then got two GoPros, my drone and a phone stabilizer as well and a microphone
0: wow so that's quite a bit of equipment so you gotta a carry it all around and b worry about it a little bit um but i guess that's the price to pay if you want to develop really good content you need to have the right equipment at the right time yeah
2: yeah definitely it's you should fill my bag carrying it around it is so heavy and then
0: and you said like you sort of got famous or blew up with tiktok over uh the COVID years from travel you had done earlier. And, uh, you know, sometimes it takes a while to edit and, you know, post production and stuff. So what percentage of the content do you like post as you're going versus save for when you get home and you can make sure it's all like curated properly?
2: So I think, honestly, on my YouTube, I'm generally about a month behind. So if you see a video just posted, that was most likely a month ago. But um, it does take so long to edit stuff. So I'm always, always delayed apart from my Instagram stories. So if you want to actually see what I'm doing right at this moment, Instagram stories is a quick, easy way to do that.
1: So wondering, you build up an audience, and I assume you're still trying to build up an audience. Is there a period by which you can kind of relax or you can quote unquote stop? Or how do you find that right pacing between constantly traveling and creating new content and having a bit of normal human downtime, but still sort of satisfying an audience?
2: The last month um, we were away, I was actually quite stressed and I was like, so I want to spend a month at home and just relax. And so I was shooting constantly, but now I'm back home I mean, I've now shot all that content. I've got about a month just to relax and not, and know that I don't have to shoot any more content.
0: Okay. How about like, what content has proved to be the most popular? Like uh, you, you mentioned the Balabek, you know, cause Pretty cool but uh you know what other destinations have gotten like the most traction or or is there anything that has surprised you like maybe who some of the audiences that liked a particular thing a lot or some of the comments like uh, who, who are the people that are vibing the most with w- which destinations
2: so a lot of what i've realized is a lot especially in asia a lot of people love so in the Philippines and Thailand, a lot of the local people love watching the videos. And so I always try and put my subtitles on my videos so they can actually watch it. And some of the comments I get is, oh, I'm, I've never been to these places, even though it's in my country. Or it's also expats. So expats in the US you know, were born in the Philippines and they want to see their country because they haven't been able to over COVID or haven't had the chance to go back and explore the country they were born in. So I found, it's, yeah, a lot of it is the local people or yeah natives to their country which was surprising really
1: so wondering have you gone to university already or straight into travel
2: i was planned to go into university i deferred a year i deferred another year because i wanted to keep traveling and then i kind of just left it and went oh i'm not going anymore i've kind of made it and so i don't need to go
1: so this is the indefinite plan this is the career
2: yeah so this is my career and i'm kind of keeping it going now um with my income and so i can literally travel and work at the same time
0: huh you know and again like as a former travel writer like sometimes you introduce yourself to destinations where they can help facilitate your research because in the end you are promoting their destination or, or, or hotel or water park or what have you since the advent of the influencer i guess there's been a bit of blowback You know, I I think, you know, I have some hotel GMs who who can't stand to be contacted by influencers. But, you know, without, you know, making yourself sound bad, have you tried to exercise that uh, influence at all yet? Or how do you handle, you know, the stigma that, that, you know, Instagram travel people like yourselves might get?
2: Yeah. So I think there's always those people, you know, those influencers who are trying to always, I don't know, show off. But I think, as we said earlier, I really try and show people that it's not always fun and games. A lot of the time we spend whole days just editing and getting work done and that it's not not every moment is incredible and amazing because you get food poisoning. You've got to work and there's trash sometimes everywhere. And so just keeping it real and showing and also that I'm a content creator, not you know quite an influencer as well.
1: When you take certain things free of charge, you know, to help fund your way along, how do you establish that balance between, you know, giving a bit of a plug or a shout out to whoever's taken you out versus maybe not saying it's great if it actually wasn't great?
2: Yeah, so I think um, I have had quite a few experiences on things which are free, but I do my research beforehand. And so you can often t- um, tell from a lot of reviews what it's like, but it, most of the time it is me approaching Companies or hotels or hostels and saying, "Oh, I, I love the look of your hostel," and and they normally um, give me that um, you know thing for free.
0: Yeah, in my personal experience, I found that the people who have the best product and/or service are the ones who are the most willing to share what they have because it's it's so good, you know. All right, how about just a little bit more on on destinations? Like, uh, w- what have been some of your favorite destinations in Asia? Um, to, to travel and to, to film or what are, what were some of the most that that are the memorable most memorable for you
2: so i definitely say sri lanka i went there when i was 19 and it's such a beautiful um like raw country it's beautiful going up into the hills and the mountains that was one of my favorite places definitely and that train journey you can do through the through the tea plantations is really cool definitely say vietnam i love vietnam i'm hopefully planning to go later this year also indonesia i think java and flores are beautiful islands which aren't visited as much as bali and i don't understand why because they have such beautiful volcanoes beaches and just not reached as much um, and especially in the philippines as well there's so much to see and i honestly think some of the best beaches on the planet are in the philippines but it's just that bit longer to get there that people don't seem to reach it as much as, you know, the Thailand and et cetera.
1: Well, let's flip the coin here, Joel, and without bashing places, what are some of the spots that you got to that maybe didn't live up to expectations or the hype?
2: This is a strange one, but as a country, I'd say Cambodia, I heard before I went to Cambodia, I heard so many amazing things. I don't know if it was the time I went or, you know, sometimes other things can impact your travels, but I didn't exactly love it as much as the other countries. I still enjoy my time there and I would go back, but I don't know why it didn't quite, I don't know, it didn't quite reach my expectation of other countries um, in Southeast Asia.
0: Yeah, well, having just returned to Cambodia from Thailand, I'm going to guess it's the food because the food in, in neighboring Thailand and Vietnam is so spectacular. And Cambodia does have some good food, but it's uh, less approachable maybe for the visitor. You know, one thing I was going to mention earlier when we were talking about uh, kind of impressions and and whether you can have a good impression or a bad, sometimes it's different. I used to be really turned off by Bali, and now I love it again. And the trash is certainly a problem. So I think Indonesia is probably a good place for to, to, to explore. Um, but how long are you going to be uh, in the UK for before you can get back out on the road again?
2: So as yeah, I'm looking for about a month, and then I might be looking to go maybe a couple of weeks in Europe. And then it's most likely come October, just making sure rainy season has kind of passed and then back out to Southeast Asia and doing Vietnam again, Laos again, and probably northern Thailand, actually, and potentially back to the Philippines.
1: What are a few of the places in Asia beyond maybe or where you've just mentioned that Joel absolutely wants to get in, say, the next three years?
2: I think China is really high on my bucket list. I've not seen many YouTubers or content creators go there as much, and I feel like there's so much to explore in that region. Also India. Um, my uncle actually lives there, and so I'm desperate to visit India and document it as such. It, it looks just an incredible, just so different from anywhere else. And also Burma, um, Myanmar. And hopefully, after the situation there calms down a little bit, I'd love to go and visit that country.
0: Yeah, I bet if you learned a couple dozen phrases in Chinese, you'll have a couple hundred million followers uh, from China after you did those videos. Because, I mean, I bet in addition to there being not a lot of Western people traveling and shooting YouTube videos in China, I bet the Chinese people would really enjoy watching foreigners explore their country and talk a little bit about it. So yeah, that, that could be really cool. Something to look forward to.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's over a billion people, so there's a potentially massive audience there if you can get that Chinese, right?
1: Yeah, a wee bit of it. So Joel, how can people follow your travels?
2: So if you want to find me on YouTube, it's just Joel friend, but in, on Instagram and TikTok, it's Joel friend D with a Y at the end. So yeah, that's my social medias, which I'm active on.
1: Okay, cool. And we'll have links to those on our show notes as well. If you go to the website, Joel, I admire what you do. I'm a wee bit envious despite having done a ton of travel when I was younger, but I kind of look at you and I go, God damn, it seems like it wasn't that long ago. I was your age, but amazing stuff. I've enjoyed the few videos I've watched. Thanks so much for making time for us.
2: No, no worries. It's been great. Cool
0: yeah, guys. thanks, Joel. Don't stay home too long. Keep up the editing and then uh, get back on the road. Give us a shout next time you're in the neighborhood. We'll take you out for some better Cambodian food next time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sure will.
0: Joel is such a nice guy. And I was expecting this kind of like influencer kind of, you know, mover and shaker jet setter kind of guy. And, uh, you know, I like the content creator angle because it seems like he's got some pretty good equipment, uh, and in order to produce some pretty good content, you kind of need to have an eye for photography and, and for, you know, technical skills for editing and and putting up good content. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, he's a pretty interesting cat.
1: Yeah. I'm like you, I kind of expected a, a semi egotistical, young guy. He's good looking. He's got his shirt off in half the videos and stuff like that. I guess that sells. But yeah, I wasn't expecting to like him quite as much as I did. He was a very nice, well-balanced, I guess they say, young man, right? It means we're getting older saying that. But yeah, he was a really nice person. Seemed pretty darn grounded. And like you, being the, the kind of content creator angle I thought was neat, I liked also that he literally has made this a career, right? He was thought he was going to go to college or university, and he decided, no, I'm just going to keep traveling. And now he's he's all in on this thing. So I thought he sounded pretty grounded, like he's he's got a good little plan going
0: yeah good for him you know and and especially because he did it organically you know because like back in the day as a travel writer you know i was traveling when i was younger not quite as young as him obviously but you know before the internet before social media like you needed to have skills as a writer in order to become a travel writer and then when the internet happened it seemed like everybody became a travel writer and and, you know now it seems like everybody's like an influencer right so and, and then he says oh you know he's not he traveled he enjoys taking photography. You know, he's got a really nice camera. He he obviously has an eye for it, and uh, people appreciated the the hit the, the documentation of his travels. So that's cool that he found what he wants to do with his life, and 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 hopefully it can sustain him. Yeah,
1: yeah. I also thought it was neat that he used travel footage that he had from before he really decided that he was even going to do this. Right, that he started taking that older material and posting it on TikTok during COVID, and. God damn! did I feel old when we were talking to him and he kind of said like, hey, he blew up and he got kind of the big following to start with on TikTok because I've never even used TikTok. I see half the videos online now or, you know, of TikTok logo in the bottom, but it just shows that the landscape has totally changed. And then when he asked or we asked him how he researches and plans trips, social media. So like not one mention of a guidebook or the way you and I traditionally plan travel.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, more so, I think, because, you know, when Mark and I were going to go to Lombok a couple of years ago, we ended up picking the, the dive company dive resort based on their instagram photos right um hmm. so i think uh, you know i think it, it is an increasing trend that uh, you know we'll, we'll discover destinations because of people like joel taking photos of them and that was always one of my fears as a travel writer you know like giving away the secrets and encouraging too many people to follow in your, your footsteps and go someplace where you know maybe it's better kept ca- secret that's the nature of the world today right people are going to travel people are going to take photos people are going to share them people are going to get inspired and and follow along and that's sort of what we're doing with this show I guess so you know I mean yeah
1: yeah maybe there's an episode in itself and how to actually plan a trip using only Only social media because I don't know like I, I google and then I read posts or I read stories but I don't think like, I guess you can go on Instagram and and Google a destination and see what photos come up. But I've never used Instagram to plan a trip. I've never even thought of using TikTok. I've never really used YouTube to plan a trip. So maybe we've found an episode within this episode, but I I quite enjoyed it. And I'm I'm reasonably intrigued by the whole thing now.
0: Yeah. You know, again, uh, especially now that the world's opened up again for the most part and uh, people will start traveling again I like the fact that he uses stories on Instagram to do everyday kind of up-to-date things and okay. uh, like we were saying with the plastic like you can see how things really are so like if you were let's say in Cambodia today you'd be like look how hard it's raining you know or, this is what rainy season's like mm-hmm. or, or from my recent trip to Bangkok where I took a lot of food photos but like you know it's great to like show like stories of food, especially, you know, like people make fun of you for taking uh, food photos, but, uh, yeah, it looks good, man. That's how you inspire people to travel to Thailand. Some of those noodle soups.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. You think it wasn't that long ago that you'd get the update of the guidebook every say two years. Mm. And then maybe you saw a TV show like Lonely Planet TV shows and you saw, you know, every week, a new episode, and now you can literally be following A traveling character every single day getting a snapshot every day about a destination or a trip like that's pretty high content rate
0: yeah that's a good point actually getting the most up to the minute news you know like hey you know we're down at the pier here the pier is gone apparently it's moved a couple miles up the road now yeah like you wouldn't know that uh, you know until someone stumbled across it
1: yeah well good find trevor in joel Really enjoyed chatting with him. Listeners, make sure you check out the show notes. Uh, We've got links to his Instagram, his YouTube, and his website. Also, remember, if you enjoy what you're listening to, uh, this isn't free. It costs us money, and we do this as a hobby. Go to patreon.com, search Talk Travel Asia, and become a patron of the show. You'll get something special in between each of the regular episodes. We recently recorded one about what's happening in Bangkok when Trevor was just here. So, Hey, become a patron. Help us keep this going. Trevor, why don't you wrap this baby up?
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks again to Joel for coming on the show and telling us a little bit about his burgeoning career. Best of luck to him. And Scott, it was great to see you recently on my trip to Bangkok. And uh, I Mm. hope to see you again soon. And to everyone else, thanks for listening. And we'll be back in two weeks. Patrons, we'll be back in a week with uh, some patron-only content.
1: Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Anchor Tom